2: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is
0: singing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive. 365 days a year, though I have to admit. It is really getting a lot easier every day that goes by right now.
3: I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Natalie. Natalie, that's
1: a Natalie. new voice. That is a new voice. Hey, guys.
3: Brand new first
0: time on the podcast. Welcome. Yes.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much. Who for the having heck are you? I am a fellow Christmas fanatic. I am a fellow Friends fan. And I'm also the author of a book called The Christmas Clue, which is a children's story of a magical Christmas morning scavenger hunt. And it's actually based off of a tradition that my dad created, and he still does to this day, where he hides clues all around the house to find our last gift.
3: That's awesome.
4: It's really fun. It's magical.
3: That, that reminds me, I never sent you the three of our addresses. I'm sorry. Yeah,
4: you didn't. That's okay. I figured you would eventually. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> Your
0: dad sounds like my idol.
1: He's great. He's really creative. Does he make um, every holiday a big deal or is like Christmas like the big deal?
4: It's mainly Christmas. Um yeah, he stays up Christmas Eve hiding these clues, writing them. They all rhyme. Usually there's like a misspelling in them, which is really funny on Christmas morning. Yeah, they're fun. I love
1: it. I love it. That's a great tradition
0: that is an awesome tradition
4: yeah.
3: you're a writer too right for a blog or a magazine or
4: yes I have my own blog I previously wrote for darling magazine and that's I it. write short stories and I'm continuing to try and get different things published so
1: yes
2: that's awesome. excellent
1: company well, yes Anthony's like a writer writer yes. and then I know Tom also writes that might oh, be cool. wrong on your screen um, but
0: Julia writes too Yeah, but like not like y'all
1: do.
0: So, Um, Tom and Ellie are in the process of writing a children's Christmas book right now. I will tell you all about it after this, uh, after we're recording. I love that. It's very exciting. Speaking of Ellie, um, she has been on cloud nine since she introed the fifth anniversary Spectacular. We got a lot of comments about that.
2: She is convinced.
0: Everybody wants her autograph.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) And when I said I was recording tonight, she's like, Daddy, do I need to go to bed or should I come record with you tonight?
4: (laughs) That makes you
3: so happy.
4: Was she the one who was like, I'm sure you've all heard about me or like heard of me before? (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's
3: cute. Tom, legit. Call me tomorrow at work so I can ask her for you to send me her autograph in the mail. Seriously, I will call me tomorrow at work because I have a free (laughs) day. I have a free day
0: we will do that you're gonna make her day she's gonna be so excited that somebody else wants her (laughs) autograph she's convinced everybody wants it though she's like i'm probably the most famous kid podcaster (laughs) (laughs) and
2: and you got
0: all of your humility all you got all of your humility right (laughs) from your dad
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) give it a few give it a few years she's going to be saying that's the cross i bear daddy
0: (laughs) (laughs) Natalie you've never seen my daughter so I'm gonna show a picture
3: there's Ellie
4: oh she is adorable
3: she really is (laughs) out of everything that has uh this podcast has been going on for five years and what really makes me feel that is when we started this podcast uh, Jude and Ellie were little babies, and now they're like little people. It's so <laughs> crazy yeah. seeing how much they've grown and thought. they're like growing up. The podcast is growing up with them. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, just like it, Rebecca Bull's baby.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our TTP baby. Yeah,
1: yeah that's right. That's
3: right. Julia, how's your week? It was your last day at your current job.
1: Yeah, last day at current job, which is always hard to leave. Right, old teams. I mean, it should be hard to leave old. I- Say it's always hard to leave old teams, but whenever I say that, I get people that scoff at me and are like, Are you kidding? I've left plenty of terrible teams, and I guess I've been very fortunate because every time I leave a team, it's very hard because I get very attached to people and they're amazing. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. I guess knowing I'm always like
3: knowing who you're going to work with next. The next time you leave a team, you're going to be like, Oh man, what a relief!
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think. I think her
0: new boss is going to shield her from my team as much as possible because we are really needy. <laughs> oh,
1: no. So it was a hard day, but it was also a really good day. Um, and I'm super excited for what's next. So, yeah, it's been a few weeks of just drastic change.
3: <laughs> we reorganized my company. So I started under a new boss this week, but I really like him. He's, uh, I've met him before. He's, nice we've been out to dinner and drinks and stuff so i'm happy under him good that's great uh, and i officially got my crisp okay tom say it and get it over with
0: i'm being mature tonight
3: okay sure listeners keep that in mind when five minutes from now he makes a uh, some <laughs> mature joke about me <laughs> um but now it's if i can go five minutes uh, it's good, though. And um, I officially got my Christmas time off. Yay. Yep. So excited. And uh, we are under two months until Hocus Pocus 2, so I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Also good news. They just like released new a new poster of them overlooking Salem today from behind, and it looks mm-hmm. awesome. And I'm not going to say who, but I did get a message from a certain somebody in the Christmas podcast network who said, I'm praying this movie sucks to watch you have to defend it.
1: That's rude.
3: (gasps) I have no doubt it's going to be good. The trailer just gives the old school Disney vibe, which I'm happy about.
1: Agree. You like Uh, Hocus
4: Focus, Natalie? I wasn't allowed to watch it as a child. Um, Apparently it was too scary in my mom's vision. So I watched it as an adult for the first time and it was okay.
3: That's basically where Sarah falls. She never watched yeah. it as a kid. Yeah. So, There's no of nostalgia. Course, of course, being married to me, she now sees it 50 times a year in October. And she's like, <laughs> "It's fine, but mm-hmm. like I didn't grow up with it, so I don't get the obsession everyone who grew up with it has with it."
1: Yeah. Don't get that. It is it is a heavy nostalgia movie for sure.
3: Oh, that makes me totally sad. I am very yeah. sad Batgirl was canceled.
1: I don't know that
0: you are sad. I think once we actually see it, you'll be pretty happy that you didn't waste money to go see it in the theater.
3: It's never we're never gonna see it. They'd canceled it for a tax write-off. Oh, so they're like they're like throwing it away for real. Throwing it like, away, throwing it away, not releasing it on HBO or theaters. And they said, like the Hollywood reporter and deadline said, because they're doing this for tax reasons, it will never be. There's a that Clause that says it can never be seen. It can never be dropped. So this is going to be so. one of those like infamous movies in like 20 years. Somebody bootlegs on a hard drive that everyone's yeah. going to want a copy of. It will be.
2: It will
0: be.
3: So how bad would that have to be? You've seen the stuff that Warner Brothers and DC have put out. Well, okay. So DC's finally getting their own studio. They announced yeah. that today. So Warner Brothers and Discovery merged. They had their call today. And he said, DC is getting their own studio. They're looking for a head to run it. And they have a 10-year plan. Fine, I'll do it. Right? <laughs> they said they're, they have, they're looking at a 10-year plan and going to do it the Marvel way. Give everyone individual movies and the team-up movie. And they're bringing back Alan Horn as a consultant. Now, Alan Horn, for those who don't know, was a big Warner Brothers guy. He oversaw Harry Potter at other studios he oversaw Twilight and Lord of the Rings. He oversaw Marvel and Disney for a while. So this guy knows his stuff. So the fact that they brought him in to consult for DC and Warner Brothers has me hopeful for the first time in a long time. Sure. Okay. But still the to totally toss a movie. I don't know. The to totally yeah. toss that like that I feel bad for Leslie Grace. I feel oh, yeah. bad for Michael Keaton. Like you get Michael Keaton to come back and then you cancel his movie. He was going to cameo in Aquaman two when you replaced him with Ben Affleck, and now, oh. and now who knows if the Flash is ever going to be released? So they got this guy for three movies, and who knows if we're ever going to see him in the bat suit again after thirty years after he filmed three? Yeah,
0: but at the same time. He hasn't been doing a whole lot so it's probably nice to have that sudden injection of cash into your uh, bank account. He, he does a lot. I wouldn't I would I would gladly film 3 movies with 3 movie pays to not have a movie released. I'll just be okay. honest.
1: Okay, wait. So can't the actors and actresses like sue at this point because they're not going to be getting residuals Royalties? off of well yeah, off of oh, yeah. off of movie theater, well or HBO Max however they do that. Um watch per watches or whatever they you know what scarlett johansson was ticked about when they dropped her movie on i guess it depends on what was
3: appear. in their what was the in contract. their contract okay i bet after scarlett
0: johansson but, they're probably not including that in most contracts anymore
3: but david says david zaslov said it had nothing to do with quality and he wants to work with them all again but then today on the investor call he said he, he made a very like we will not release a movie until it's ready and quality enough to be seen, which was like a big, like a few to them. Like he said, like the, they won't be dating movies like years in advance. Like Marvel does. He doesn't, because you know, he just wants the best movies to come out, which I yeah. agree with, but to say that about a movie you just canceled.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And all the HBO max originals are now up in the air which just sucks because they like ones like all the originals. So Peacemaker might not get a second season. The Penguin with Colin Farrell might not even go into production. Uh, because he wants girl. to gossip girl, pretty little liars, the sex lives of college girls, minks, the staircase. Well, that ended the flight Attendant. all their originals sex in the city. For huh. those who watch it, the reboot. Huh. Okay. They're really, they're not going to leave. There's no way they're going to leave
0: Peacemaker. That, it was way too popular. It was, and Julia still hasn't watched
1: it. No, I'm watching Breaking Bad right now. <gasps> Isn't it amazing? It's so good. Have you watched Breaking Bad? No. Oh, man. Okay, so I remember like when it was actually on TV, it was just a timing thing, right? Like I couldn't watch it, or I think we had little kids, and like mm. they were not watching Breaking Bad with the little kids in the house. And so my son, who's 16, just finished it a month or so ago. And he's like, you have to watch it. Julia,
3: you are you are not ready because it like how far are you into it?
1: I just started the third season.
3: Okay, it only gets better. This is a rare show that gets better each season.
1: And And that's what I'm so excited about. And
3: like the best episodes of television ever are in the final season like it's incredible okay. you're in for a ride man I mean you are you are going to hate everybody no you are you are but you're in for are a ride no
0: redeeming characters in it I don't understand how I like shows that are full of people I don't like
1: but if every character that's including characters that I do find redeeming now which means at one point I found them redeeming which is like you know what I mean
3: did you watch Yellowstone?
1: No. What?
3: Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Did you see they unveiled the statue of the two of them in Albuquerque? Is no, I Albuquerque? heard
1: about it, though. I didn't see the statue.
3: And I, I thought to myself i get it it's such a cultural touchstone but they were drug dealers
1: yeah how ticked would you be if you lived in albuquerque and your claim to fame was two <laughs> characters that cooked meth on a show first how seasons.
3: ticked would
0: you be if you were in prison as a meth <laughs> in oh my God. And they <laughs> unveil. Like, mean, let's just be honest you're, you're uh, like wait, not- wait, wait this is a mixed message y'all like this it's not it. like
3: it's not like that situation in salem right where they have this statue of samantha from bewitched Can like say, she was she's a, a, she, yeah she's a good she's person a beacon of the community <laughs> yeah. yeah which Again, by the way unless there's a, your there's family a pe- was burned at the stake for being witches <laughs> i was about to say there is a petition however to get disney to commission a statue of the standerson sisters for salem
1: yeah i would that'd be
3: cool That'd be cool, except they eat children. That's we've true. we all have we've all done things we regret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they
0: regret it. Anthony, you're a liberal. You people sacrifice children
3: and drink their blood. I've yeah, I know. All, we, we 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 uh, rent out pizza shops and keep them in the basement, right? And that's what yeah, we for do, their, allegedly, yeah. for
0: their their hormone out of their brain. Yeah, I I I, I, I saw the uh, I read I read the things.
1: That statue is legit. I have really feelings about it, but it's pretty great. I'm not going to lie.
3: And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say now, Warner Brothers, DC, David Zaslov, whoever's listening to this podcast, because one of you has to be, because we're amazing. Since you're rebooting the DC universe and starting from scratch, Brian Cranston for Lex Luthor in a Superman movie. There
1: you go. I fully really support that idea.
3: He has that intensity. Yeah, he does. But we're not here to talk about Warner Brothers. Tom, what are we here to talk about? We are here tonight
0: to discuss a movie in one of the most iconic
3: fantasy books in history. Debatable. I'm joking. What's Tom going to do when I say I hate this movie?
2: He,
1: You're not going to say that, number one. And two.
3: I know you. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I have no, not a single doubt in my mind that you like this movie, and I know you like the book. We are talking the chronic, what? (gasps) Cold (laughs) Narnia.
3: It's sad. That's the first thing that comes up on YouTube, by the way, when you type in the chronic.
2: (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) It
0: really is. we're discussing the 2005 movie live action movie based on the book by clive staple lewis the lion the witch in the wardrobe i didn't know
3: that uh, was his real name
4: yeah did you make that up no oh clive, really? clive
0: staple clive. lewis british writer one of the inklings <laughs> one of the early contributors to the fantasy literature genre he was um, good
3: friends with J.R.R. r tolkien
0: he was good friends with JRR Tolkien. He is a big reason JRR Tolkien found Christianity. Uh, CS Lewis wrote in his diary one evening about Tolkien. He said he has no harm in him, only needs a smack or so. He was part of that Inkling
3: <laughs> oh. <England> group. <laughs> only in the only needs a smack or so. He needed an editor. He <laughs> needed whoever was CS Lewis's editor to cut those hmm. books down, cut the
4: fat. Didn't they meet at Oxford? Is that where they
2: i believe it was oxford yep okay. they were
0: they were um oxford c.s lewis's protege was a now orthodox metropolitan of oxford um then timothy now metropolitan Callisto Um oh. and i had the great pleasure of sitting down and discussing c.s lewis and tolkien with metropolitan where and it was one of the most in
3: what did you learn from him
0: I've ever. just learned a little bit about c.s lewis as a person and his influence on that community what the inklings were like it was pretty amazing that's awesome it was an unbelievable opportunity to to visit with somebody who studied under c.s lewis because i've always been a c.s lewis fan both yeah. i didn't like his uh, <gasps> lonely planet lost planet
1: oh i remember the cover of that oh. one my brother had it. it used to depress me just to look at it
0: yeah i didn't like his uh, out of the silent planet the space trilogy but i was a big fan of the chronicles of narnia and then i'm a, a massive fan of his
1: theological writings yeah so your christianity screw tape letters
3: i mean the whole chronicles of narnia is an allegory right for a bunch yep. of different christian stories so
0: Oh, it it absolutely is. But he's got, he's got so many good, good books. Um, I'm going to
3: hop in there with my history because that's a good point.
0: But I was going to let our guests go first.
3: Natalie, please.
4: Okay. So I first came into contact with this movie um, in the fifth grade. There was like this unspoken like tradition in my house where my mom and brother would read the same books. And then, me and my dad would go with them to the movies and like we would have no idea what was happening, but my mom and brother would be like so excited. Um, but yeah, I, I saw it in the fifth grade in theaters and then I've seen it many times since then. But I, I think it's the only one out of all of the Narnie movies that I've watched multiple times.
3: That's awesome. Now, Anthony? C.S. Lewis did have a lot. All of his writing is amazing for the most part. But this is by far, this specific book, is by far my favorite thing he's ever written. Um, I first encountered the book in fourth grade. We read it in class and this was pre-Harry Potter for me. So immediately after reading this, this was my favorite book ever. And I immediately bought all of the the whole series and devoured them. And as great as the whole Chronicles are, right? This one just as a standalone piece and then as an installment in a whole series, this one just resonated with me the most. This one was the best. Um, I saw the old BBC British adaptation from the 90s before this movie where they got uh, you know people in costume to play the beavers and the animals and everything like that. It looked like a stage play. Um, and, and it was good enough. I'm sure eventually it'll make our list when we want to break from Hallmark. 10 years down the line when that's all we have left. Uh, (laughs) But when this movie came out, I was in high school still and I saw it opening night with my friend and I absolutely loved it. I adore this movie to this day. To me, this is as perfect a movie as you can get. Now that doesn't mean I can give it a 10 because I don't think it's a Christmas movie, which we'll discuss, but It's such a good film. And I was so sad they didn't do the whole series after this movie. They just did two more. I'm excited that Netflix has the rights now and they say they're going to do all seven. So we'll see. But it's going to be hard to top this movie. Um, Specifically, I want to shout out Tilda Swinton as a white witch. Uh Everyone knows I'm a big horror fan. Have been my whole life. And nothing really scares me anymore. Like Freddie, Jason, Michael, Ghostface, whatever. It's just, you know, you get become inoculated to it, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is in this movie, but her icy, deme- she is terrifying in this movie. And if I was face to face with her, I'd be crapping my pants because she, <laughs> she really was terrifying, mm-hmm. like perfection. Mm hmm. Yep. So. Yeah, I love this movie. I love the book. I love the whole series. Can't gush enough about any of it. Julia, how about
1: you? Um, so let's see. With regards to the book, this was a read aloud in class. I don't remember which one or I don't remember which grade. Um, and I loved I loved listening to this one read to me. So I haven't actually read it, but it's been read to me and I love it. Um, I haven't read any other fiction by C.S. Lewis, nothing else. Um, I've read a lot of his nonfiction, just not a lot of his fiction. And then from the movie perspective, I love this movie. I love it so much. I love the whole story. I like the look of it, like for the special effects given when it was made are like dang good. Like they hold up. And I was very surprised by that. Um, The acting is great. I mean, it's great. I have not seen a single other Narnia movie that's come out though. And I can't really explain that. And I feel kind of bad and guilty, but it's the only one I've seen. Well, they kind of,
3: they flew under the radar, honestly, compared to like, this one was publicized and I feel like this Mm -hmm. got a lot of promotion and hype. The -hmm. other two they did, Dawn Treader and Prince Caspian, just flew under the radar and they weren't as critically beloved as this one. And I get it. Like, I felt this way about the books. This was the best book, in my opinion. Like, none of them could hold a candle. So I think it was always going to be hard for any of the movies to hold a candle to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel well, like that's probably why you didn't. Because it just didn't get the love from critics or even Hollywood as this one did.
0: Has to be well, it. Well, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. C.S. Lewis spent 10 years writing this book.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And actually the first draft he wrote, he destroyed because his friends didn't like it. So he put a lot more, there was a lot more time and energy and effort into this one and perfecting it. And that that comes through. Um, And I feel the same about the movie too. Mm -hmm. I, this is one of my first exposures into fantasy literature. And if you've listened to the podcast much, you know, that is still my favorite fiction genre. I just
3: want to second that same time.
0: Yeah. So this is like, I'm, perpetual there's no point in my in my life that I'm not reading a fantasy book right now it's still the the wheel of time series by robert jordan um this really had a, a, a-, I think a- the
3: amazon series is better okay doing
0: that
1: to rag on you
0: i will go that's on crazy. a tirade and explain to you everything that's wrong with the the uh if i were editing i would go on a tirade and pull it out as a second <laughs> as
1: <well>. <laughs> thank you for not Patreon.
0: but julia's <laughs> editing so i won't do that um <laughs> If you want to hear everything that's wrong with the Amazon series Wheel of Time, I'm happy to tell you, but we'll do that at a different time. Anyway, <laughs> um, and C.S. Lewis was really uh, had an impact on my a lot of aspects of my theological upbringing because I read him and during formative years, um, huh? my you know look at so soteriology and Chris are the study of like the idea of what salvation means of who humanity is in relation to God. All of that is really um, was, was shaped in early years by some of C.S. Lewis's writings. And it's really interesting. C.S. Lewis is one of the few writers that I know of who is well, who is beloved by um, at least some folks in, in the, the majority of the, the large Christian traditions within uh, mm-hmm. evangelicalism, high church, Protestantism, Anglicanism, Catholicism, and the Orthodox church all, all have big fans of C.S. Lewis. Um, and that's, C.S. Lewis is
3: one third of my thesis paper for my master's degree. Really? Yep.
1: Good topic.
3: I wrote on the, the, Theology in the Chronicles of Narnia, Harry Potter, and His Dark Materials.
0: Nice. One <laughs> of these things is not like the other.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, for
0: those of you who don't know, His Dark Materials is, was the first fantasy <laughs> series that was written intentionally as an atheistic contribution to, to fantasy to the fantasy genre. Hmm. um i do want to make sure that as we're we're going through this we do remember c.s lewis is not an englishman he's not english um he was what irish he was born in belfast
3: irish yeah you know what he falls under the british moniker it's all the same right disco Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um
0: another little fact i don't know if you'll notice he was very athletic but could not play team sports could not play most sports because he and his brother if you go look at photos you can see that he and his brothers only had one joint in their thumb one movable joint in their thumb
3: oh wow before we hop into credits and this may be a good segue did you know who was originally supposed to direct this film Guillermo del toro oh he
1: was. He, that would have been went, an entirely different film.
3: he was asked, asked to direct the movie mm-hmm but he turned it down because as a lapsed Catholic, he couldn't see himself bringing Aslan back to life. Oh,
1: interesting. Yep. Well, that is a
0: great segue. Um, You know who else was pitched to do this? The guy that actually
3: did it.
1: Oh, seriously?
3: No. No.
1: Okay, I was about to say that would be an entirely different movie.
3: There would be, yeah, there would be a lot more shots of Tilda Swinton's feet.
1: Oh. <laughs> a thing for feet.
3: Aslan I would am... have
0: been fully skinned and turned into a robe. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody would have worn his head. <laughs> uh, no, this movie was actually, was directed by uh, the New Zealand director, Andrew Adamson.
1: In New Zealand, banging out um, the fantasy movies
3: that we love.
1: Yeah. he. Does, uh, he I does never love...
3: said I loved The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit.
1: Well, you can just stop right now. Nobody loves The
0: Hobbit. You can't retcon dwarves to be quasi-sexy creatures. It does not work. (laughs) You can't go from like when you, okay, for those of you who haven't read Lord of the Rings, you can't tell a female and a male dwarf apart because they're so hideously ugly and their beards are equally as long. You can't pull that out and then try to make good looking strong dwarves. And you should not turn a child's book that, that you read in like second grade into a, into a trilogy just because you want to money grab Peter Jackson.
3: Have you been to downtown New York after 3 a.m.? You see a lot of women with <laughs> beers as long
0: as Smith. <laughs> that's fine, but you don't see them trying to make their family members look sexy.
3: No, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to say real quick, because I forgot to mention it earlier. I'm so excited because Disney Plus is doing an Aragon TV series. Did you read those books? I did. I did. I love those books. Allegasia books. I yep. love those books.
0: Andrew has not done a ton of movies, but he's done some that we all know. He was the director for Shrek, Shrek 2. The oh, Chronicle... Are we of... Shrek
3: fans? I like Shrek. I like I
1: Shrek, Shrek, too.
3: Yeah. Shrek Yeah. 2 Shrek 2 is even day. better than the first. I will die on that hill.
1: Yeah, oh. I agree with that. It depends on the day. The princess is hilarious. Make me laugh. Uh,
3: I just like that the fairy tale creatures had a bigger role in that one. And yeah. the whole siege on the castle with the giant gingerbread man was Mm -hmm. amazing (laughs) okay Uh, um, (laughs) when when he's dying be
2: good
0: (laughs) 95 percent of my hatred of that movie is their overemphasis on the band uh smash mouth shut (laughs) shut your mouth i love mouth
3: mouth smash mouth
0: okay i was going to say i've never met a person who likes smash mouth (laughs) and anthony has corrected me i do know one quite well he did shrek 1 and shrek 2 he did this movie and the follow-up prince caspian but he did not do the voyage of the dawn treader
3: that was a better one i'll say that now
0: he directed mr pip and a cirque du soleil special oh which uh, cirque
3: du soleil special
0: worlds away did not see that one Mm. he also contributed to the screenplay for this and was a producer. So uh, uh, he had a lot of, he had a lot, to, a lot of say in this in making this movie. There were a few writers. Again, it is based on the work of Clive Staple Lewis, but the screenplay were written by Anne Peacock, Andrew Adamson, as we said, Christopher Marcus and Steve McBealy.
3: Um, I'm going to say now. My pen name is going to be A.T. Caruso because I want that money. And C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, you have to have your initials in there somewhere.
0: Smart.
4: Yeah,
3: that is smart. Uh,
0: C.S. Lewis gave away all the royalties for all of his books to charity.
2: Yeah, I would keep mine. (laughs) I'm just saying right now, I'd keep mine.
0: (laughs) The Tolkien (laughs) family did not. (laughs) <laughs> christopher tolkien was raking in the money up until his deathbed
3: um, and that's and- why lord of the Rings is better all in a better place in hollywood nowadays than the c.s lewis stories yep um well i mean i guess that's
0: nobody is nobody from the lewis family has continued to write books children of hearing came out what year i mean how many years after uh Tolkien died they put together the Silmarillion which was the compilation of all of his notes about Middle Earth and then years it was was
3: essentially a textbook
0: it was a freaking amazing for anybody oh it
3: was it was but it was a textbook
2: but
0: but then his son Christopher Lewis took stuff from that and created a more pop culture version the Children of Huron and released that in like the 90s right 2007 so he 2007 and Tolkien died in 1973 let's jump into this unbelievable cast of characters uh
3: no before the cast can we talk about the music because the music in this is incredible
0: the music in this is incredible and i'm assuming you're talking about reliant k right
3: i'm talking to harry gregson williams
0: harry gregson williams did all of the music for this and the i can put i can just put this the uh um Score for this on and listen to it. It's amazing. Uh, it we've covered a... him
3: before. For what? He did he did an infamous film for one of us on the podcast. He did the score for Arthur Christmas.
2: Oh, he, also did,
0: he also did Shrek the Halls. So we've gone through this. Before we jump in, I need to know. I just need to set my expectation. Anthony, are you going to say anything negative about
3: these children? One of them. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I love all four. This, <laughs> hey, okay. I, and you know what? I'll go so far as to say the children actors in this movie, in my opinion, the best children actors we've covered in the history of this show. Whoa. Because when you compare Lucy, with that. when you compare you. Lucy and Edmund to young, even to young Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, they blow mm. them out of the water. Right. Um,
0: so as opposed to trying to come up with a way to prioritize the introduction of characters. I am going to follow IMDb because um, it is really hard to pinpoint a lead in this. Our first person we're going to talk about is the youngest sister, Lucy. And Lucy is played by Georgie Henley. And Georgie, what a cute name. I need y'all to just see. It's weird because I haven't seen anything with her in it. But this is her as a grown up, and it's just weird. She looks exactly yeah. the same right it's yeah. weird it's weird right
4: she's still just as cute mm-hmm.
2: she's adorable she is adorable. She still looks
0: like a little kid but these were her biggest films um all of sure. the the chronicles of narnia she was in a jane eyre miniseries girl sweet voiced and the last thing she did was back in 2000 uh, back in 2020 where she played the spanish prince in the spanish princess tv series
3: Fun fact, her sister plays the older Lucy at the end of this movie, the 15 years later Lucy.
1: I was about to say, man, that girl that played old Lucy looks just like this girl grown up. How is that possible? Yes,
3: yeah, her older sister.
1: Another another fun fact.
4: Um, did you know that they didn't show her like the set of Narnia or any of the creatures before mm-hmm. she was... Like filming, so her her reaction was genuine, which is so cute.
3: They blind look of
1: wonder was really wonder. Yes. They
3: blindfolded her and carried her to set, and right before uh, they called action, they ripped off the blindfold. So, cool. so she so she was able
0: to feel that same magic feeling that we felt mm-hmm. as that wardrobe opened. Because I we'll get to it. Never mind. Okay. I'm, I'm her go.
3: her James her and James McAvoy met beforehand, but she never saw him in the Tumnus costume until he walked out and uh she was just amazed by him which is Aww. I love that I love stuff which
4: like that. can we talk about him for a second because okay this is embarrassing but part of the reason I chose this episode was to go over Narnia it was because one I love the movie but two because I thought I found a friend's connection and for some reason I thought that he was in the last episode when he's freaking about freaking out about the phalanges not being on the plane that's <gasps> not him
1: no, oh, that oh, one. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. That's the um, guy that's in Veep and stuff, right?
3: Oh no, that was the guy from Community. Yeah,
1: community. The dean, the dean. I think What's he's a lot same? older. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Edmund. Oh, I'm I've got a lot of to unpack with him being Anthony's favorite character. I've got a lot to unpack.
3: Ha ha way. ha. My favorite character is Mr. Beaver.
0: <laughs> Do you know Mr. Beaver? The Beaver family is an allegory in Lewis for the Orthodox Church. Well, really? Um,
3: call me call me orthodox then.
0: Edmund is played by uh, Scander Keynes, a British actor born in 1991. Um, and the very last thing he ever did was the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yep. Short
1: and sweet career there.
3: Wait, the did he problem. die, or did he no, just retire? Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <Went away. laughs> escalated real quick?
3: <real. laughs>
0: no, he's still alive
3: um he was great yeah i'll say about him just like lucy he was perfect for the role
0: yeah he was he, he was
3: he was somebody who wanted to like punch in the face for half the movie Yeah, prince peter
0: is played by william peter mosley peter um is still continuing to act and has been pretty uh fairly active since this started he's on, the, on that uh, stupid
3: show on e the royals right the royals yep he
0: was on yeah. he did a something i'm I learned about when I was researching for this that I want to watch. Don Cheadle is Captain Planet. I don't know what that is, but I want to figure it out. Uh,
3: That's on YouTube. It was a video for Funny or Die. It was like a 10 minute like movie. Uh,
0: And he is playing. um, He's in a, a show about he's playing Edgar Allan Poe in a piece called Raven's Hollow that is completed. And I'm really excited to see. He's in a show called Medieval playing Yaroslav and he is playing Davy Crockett in a film called savage lands that's in pre-production
1: wow that's a wide range yeah
0: yeah
3: i'm, I'm gonna say this I'm, about him out of the four my least favorite
4: he was like my favorite because i had a crush on him but like watching <laughs> yeah, it now i was like man he's really young but i remember him being older than me when i watched it so yeah he
0: was he was my favorite because i come i identified with him as the elder brother trying to keep everything together the you know Bearing, it, this enough, bearing this and because when
3: Tom was LARPing, he always pictured he was Peter fighting the white <laughs> witch.
1: <laughs> so Anthony, was he your least favorite character or least favorite actor? Actor.
3: Oh. I'm fine with the character, but out of the four kids, I thought he was the weakest of the four. He I'm probably was the, the
1: weakest. I could argue that. And and I still He's liked
3: him, but out of the four, he was the weakest. hmm Got it.
0: So Anyway, his movie about Edgar Allan Poe is expected to come out this year. We'll keep an eye on that because I'll probably watch it pretty early on.
3: I'll watch uh, it too. I love feedback. Edgar, I freaking love Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Not surprising. He was, he was a genius.
3: <laughs> Not surprising.
0: <laughs> uh, Anna Popplewell played S- Susan, who I will say was an amazing actress but I wanted to slap through the entire movie. She drove me crazy.
1: She's very awkward looking. She's very cautious. Because she was
0: scared of everything and didn't listen to anybody and knew it all. And
2: that was going to be my question. That was going to be my
3: question for the three of you. Lucy aside, take Lucy off the board. Which of the three was your favorite kid?
1: Watching it now,
3: not as a kid.
1: Susan, I can uh, Susan appealed to
4: me. Peter. Peter. It's Peter for me too. Because I have an older brother, and so I just feel like he reminds me of Peter. Edmund. Well, obviously, yeah.
3: Obviously. I mean he's the Slytherin. Uh, What does that mean? Uh, if by Slytherin you mean the slughorn, Snape, good Slytherin. Yeah, I agree with that. Snape was not good.
0: Snape did not die to save Harry. Snape died because Voldemort thought he had a wand.
3: Tom. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. stop prior no, to that line. N- nope. I'm gonna stop you right there because that is an hour long Patreon episode waiting to happen. Oh and I and I <laughs> argue this with everyone because everyone's like Snape's not a hero. Yes, he was. No, yes, he, he was. didn't for Dol- nope. Dumbledore nope. go. We're gonna stop you, you right okay. there. You know what? My email beers, address and my email address and middle. Beers schooled. and Patreon. Beers and Patreon. We, gotta do, we gotta do it. My middle, yeah. my email address in middle school and high school was Snape is not evil, at
2: Yahoo. I'm not saying he was
3: evil. I'm not saying he was evil. He just was not a hero.
2: Uh, so,
0: Anna, Anna had some real credits to her name before this movie. She was in Mansfield Park back in the '90s. She was in oh, yeah. Me Without You, the girl with the pearl earring, and then since then she is she was in the TV miniseries Halo Four. She was in the brave New World TV movie. She was in the TV show Rain. and she has a couple of things in post-production right now, including a show called Fairy Tale and the Gallery. And she looks exactly like she did just grown up.
3: Um I've seen none of that, but I do have a question for you, Tom. <laughs> if you mentioned fairy tale. did you you watch what we do in the shadows, right? I've watched some of it. Yeah, I haven't finished it. Uh, okay, never mind. In the newest season, Laszlo was talking about the inspirations for real-life fairy tales. And he was like, the emperor's, the emperor without the clothes? That was just a German nudist. What are you talking
0: about? Next up is Tilda Swinton. And as Anthony said, the most powerful commanding character in this movie by far. When mm-hmm. she, she has a presence and a gravitas that transfers into every scene she's in. She does such a good job that in the scene uh at the at the stone table, somehow, or and even when they're in the village, she upstages Aslan pre Resurrection. And I don't know how she upstages.
3: It's just even she the simple line she has, like, if it's a war Aslan wants, it's a war he shall get. Like, yep. oh my gosh, chills. And her career goes
0: back to ni- starting in 1986, where she appeared in a film on Caravaggio. She was um, in a lot of things that I didn't know. I would, For example, I didn't know in the 90s there was a Shakespeare, the animated tales. Um, that is now on my list of things to find and watch. She They was used the to first...
3: air that on Cartoon Network. I remember this. Hmm.
0: The, the really the first thing I remembered seeing her in was Vanilla Sky. Uh, she was in Constantine, The Line of Fire. Uh, she was in a, the, a narrator which her voice is perfect for, for a TV miniseries on the Galapagos Islands.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: She was in Burn after reading Moonrise Kingdom. <laughs> She was in Doctor Strange and Avengers Endgame. She got a lot of flack for that because they wait-watched the character of the yeah. ancient yeah. one, the Grand Budapest Hotel. She is in the upcoming live-action Pinocchio. Her she Disney is Place.
0: Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and she was in oh what yeah, the, the one the on shadows. Netflix. Yeah, what we do in the shadows?
2: She Going was back to that
0: already. So much, so much stuff. Um, I am really excited to see Guillermo del Toro take on Pinocchio. Like ridiculously excited, yeah. I never liked
3: Pinocchio like the fairy tale or the Disney version. It was just one I didn't resonate with. James McAvoy plays Tumnus. We named a
0: dog after Tumnus, it Aww. didn't last, it didn't stick as his name, it just wasn't right for him. But that was his name.
3: Which, wait, it. which dog didn't turn into Tucker? Really, you named him Tumnus?
4: Yeah.
0: His name was Tumnus for a while, but it just didn't stick. Little no. tummy, right? That's what it ended up. And we're like, no, we'll go back to Tucker. James McFoy was in the TV show, Shameless. This, of course, The Last King of Scotland, Nomeo and Juliet, X-Men 1st, class he was the voice of arthur so i don't know why i'm going through him because we've already covered him probably because i just like him so much james broadbent played professor kirk who is based on c.s lewis loosely because the uh, the girl the the children are based on three girls that lived with lewis during world war one well not based on him but the, his experience so
3: now let, let's not forget we covered him before this in harry is... potter um but i do want to say in case people haven't read the whole narnia series professor kirk is the protagonist and the magician's nephew. He's the one who was the first one who ventured into Narnia mm, and faced nice. off with a white witch. Which is why we see him take such an interest in the kids and their uh,
1: that's why quote, he, quote, he, imagination.
3: Right. He believes them at the end when he's like, try me, when they're like, you wouldn't believe it.
1: I loved that whole
3: moment was neat. Yep. And I was all and that was one of the biggest losses because I love Jim Broadbent. And I'm sure because he was younger in The Magician's Nephew, he couldn't have played the character, but it would have been nice to see him have bookended a Magician's Nephew movie or something. Kieran Shaw plays (laughs) Jinnabric. He has a lot of history in sci-fi fantasy
0: world. He was in the Star Wars series, (laughs) Lord of the Rings. He was in The Dark Crystal. He was also in Harvey Putter and the Ridiculous Premise. He was uncredited, but was also in Game of Thrones. He was in Dracula. And he is in Dr. Spiderwax mind Mind-Boggling compendium of fantastic urban beasts coming out as a lawn Whoa. as a lawn gnome. Father Christmas is played by James Cosmo. Most uh, memorable, I think his his most memorable role is probably from Braveheart.
1: That's it. Braveheart. As we recognize
3: him. Yep. That's
1: it. I was like, dang, he's familiar. Why? He,
3: he was also in, in the first Wonder Woman movie. Okay. Malevolent. He, he was also in 12 episodes of King of Thrones. He was. He played Jorah Mormont. So. I think there are only um, three more voices we really need to cover. The Beavers and Aslan. Well, we've covered she... Mrs. Beaver before. In Harry That's Potter. Don French. Yep. Um, and she was also in The Vicar of Dibley, right?
0: Yeah. She was the Vicar of Dibley. I yep. love Don French. I love her voice. I love everything about
3: her. Uh, Mr. Beaver was Ray Winstone. Yeah, he was.
2: Um, he da-
3: He's done a lot of stuff with Clooney. Uh, not Clooney. Spielberg. And um, Spielberg, yep. And uh Scorsese. He played Beowulf
0: in that abysmal attempt at uh telling the, the Beowulf tale. He was in
3: the, the Departed and for Martin. Marvel fans, he was just in Black Widow. He was a villain, right? He was in Cats, <laughs> the 2019 movie Cats. Was he so in the you... butthole edition?
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll call that we'll call that the monkeypox edition from now on. You can easily identify <laughs> monkeypox.
3: <laughs> call that the Anthony's Instagram. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that's, when An- that's when anthony realized he has very confusing feelings about cats <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the best voices in hollywood and one of the most epic transitions from romantic comedy actor a romance actor to total ba is aslan playing liam neeson i don't know how liam neeson went from the roles he was in to taken
1: was he in what? romantic comedy roles on the well, regular not comedy movie? but he was in like I love he in
3: actually we covered him
1: that's all i can think though what um, else was he in i,
3: I will was just a say dovey role? Do, you, do you remember that meme this meme perfectly encapsulates his journey to take in liam neeson trained batman obi-wan and darth vader he is zeus and aslan he- yeah. making him a god in at least two religions he also punches wolves why would you ever try to kidnap his family <laughs>
2: oh yeah
3: I really think he had the perfect voice for Aslan he has that comforting yet intimidating mm-hmm. voice
4: yeah I like picturing him as the voice of God <laughs> like when I'm thinking about praying I'm like okay yes. voice.
0: <laughs> all right please let me hear you Liam Neeson God <laughs> We jump into this movie and it starts fairly intense. We see an amazing, I I imagine, amazingly realistic depiction of air raids, German air raids on the, the city of London. Oh. And it is terrifying.
3: Mm-hmm. It Can we is just awful. point out that if this was the same universe as Harry Potter, while these air raids are going on, Grindelwald is consolidating power in The Wizarding World
1: oh interesting little side note to think about
3: i'm just saying fantasies a lot of fantasies tie back to world war ii just because it was the darkest time on this planet
0: uh so we see this and the kids are together with their mom dad is away at war and they are getting shuffled off onto a bus or onto a train to an unknown location with people they don't know to stay with just to get them out of the city into the country to be safe. Which actually happened.
3: Going. So when you think about that, that's like how terrifying and sad must that have been back yeah. in the day. They get on this
0: train and we see a beautiful, We it's a very, it's a nice juxtaposition, almost immediate juxtaposition where we're leaving Warthorn London. The, the, the filming from the planes in the clouds at night was just so cool. I mean, it was really the the cinematography ironically, holds up.
3: It I was about totally to say, holds up. I was about to say, ironically, the worst effect in the movie full of talking animals and uh yeah. magic.
0: But when you when when I was watching this preparing, I was reminded that this was almost 20 years ago and it
3: still looks this good on my you know 4k tv or whatever i mean when i watched jurassic park though that movie and its effects hold up better than a lot of modern movies and effects do and i was surprised to see this movie was the same because when you watch the first two or three even harry potter movies quidditch looks so fake for example nowadays when at the time that was cutting edge special effects for kids they don't notice it at all which is pretty amazing they don't see
0: it at all as hokey i don't think i do either honestly i overlook it i give it a lot of forgiveness from nostalgia but then we see the beautiful countryside as they are so we see the beautiful english countryside they're on this train and they show up at this amazing manor like i don't know it's a manor castle what do we want to call it
3: i would call it a manor it looks like something bruce wayne would live
0: in yeah it looks like somewhere that that i should be living is how i felt and the inside (laughs) the inside was just beautiful Um, And they go in and we have, they, they are supposed to meet the professor as he's called. And we don't meet him. He's this mysterious figure that the children are supposed to stay away from. They're not supposed to um, distract. They're not supposed to interact with. He's in a part of the house that they're supposed to stay away from.
3: And the whole time like I was watching this thinking if you didn't know the books or the story you would be expecting somebody like Professor Snape right just somebody awful the way
2: they're yeah. describing him like hundred him mm-hmm. well
0: when you read the books that's what you thought too you were thinking yeah. he was gonna be somebody he was gonna be scary but we later learned he's not he's a very nurturing warm older man mm-hmm. um, and it's mrs. McCready right that's her name yep. yeah mrs mccready is the one showing them around and she is kind of putting the fear of god in the children for some reason they're very limited uh they're everything is very limited uh and they finally decide to start settling in that they want to play hide and seek and lucy is looking for somewhere and everywhere she goes somebody's already there and they push shoo her off right
2: she's
3: Mm
0: -hmm. she's gonna give them away so she finds this abandoned this empty room with just a wardrobe in it
3: So interesting thing about the wardrobe, the production design of the wardrobe, if you look at the carvings of the wardrobe, like pull up a picture or pause it next time you're watching it or something, it's a story of the magician's nephew in carvings. And the professor was the main character in the magician's nephew.
1: Oh, that's super cool.
0: Yep. So she opens it up and what should just be a, a coat room. She goes in and it keeps going, keeps going. And she finds herself in a winter forest. I know every one of us saw that. And our immediate reaction is.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's it.
0: Gas lamppost burning in the forest. And it is just before
3: Heaven. we before we even get there let's describe the room the wardrobe was in it's like this abandoned room and it's literally mm-hmm. the only thing in the room covered in a sheet like and it's a galley style yeah so it's a long narrow room with the mm-hmm. wardrobe at the back like this sheet. is this is something if it wasn't a family movie this would feel right at home in a horror movie like mm-hmm. you go into yes. a room like that you think it's haunted <laughs> that's how you get into the upside down right yeah, exactly. So that,
0: that's 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 a portal to the upside down, and she pulls the sheet away, which is a beautiful scene. I mean, the mm-hmm. sheet flows; it's just wonderfully, it's wonderfully made. And we end up going into a winter wonderland. I would say, we later learn it's it's rife with terror, but for us, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's perfect. And she's at she's wandering around, lost, enjoying what she's seeing, and she sees a fawn, which greek mythology fawn a goat man like pan he's got mm-hmm. woolly goat legs no pants no shirt but he's wearing a red scarf so it's a very interesting look
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we meet Tumnus, and tumness seems very warm friendly inviting welcoming to lucy mcavoy is just the he took this, this whole interaction between Lucy and Tumnus rips the book off the page and puts it on the screen for me. Nothing could have been done better. Nothing. <laughs> and she goes back to his house and he serves her some tea because, you know...
3: Awesome. I'm, I'm talking on mute. So the legs down, from the waist down, that was all CGI, obviously. Um, hmm. The actress who played Lucy... Despite being British, didn't like tea, so that was hot chocolate she was actually drinking. Oh, that's
4: nice. funny!
3: Yep. <laughs> what you don't realize is the same character
0: McAvoy didn't wear pants at all when he was what? filming this. Oh my gosh!
1: He, uh, <laughs> he he's that's oh, being Tom being no. Tom. <laughs> Wait, time I fall for it.
4: Have you all seen the Jack Harlow meme with like Tumnus's body and Jack Harlow's head?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: yes.
3: <so> good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a bit of pivotal information in this scene about Narnia, and that it's under the spell of the White Witch, and it's eternal winter. But winter without Christmas or anything.
0: K, to quote Reliant K, it's always winter, but never Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. And essentially, he Which also... Any- that, that makes 90% that song makes like eighty percent
3: of my Christmas playlists. <laughs> Same. He, um, I love it. He t- also tells her any humans who show up in Narnia she wants brought to her, and he even tries to put her to sleep with his flute, and uh, he feels guilty and instead stops and sends her home. He looks at a picture of his dad, right? What in that? Yep.
0: Yep, the picture of his father. And he feels guilty and helps her escape. But he'd already set... A- he already left- sent for the
3: wolves.
0: Yep. And um, so... Of course, the White Witch is going to be really happy with him and he's going to be heavily rewarded for just telling her that a human there came,
4: was,
3: right? There was a human. She went home, though. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. But what's interesting, when she goes home, no time has passed at all.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: No, she's been in here for hours, and they're so still obviously playing hide and Everybody thinks she's making it up, and her brother Edmund, being, the, being Anthony's favorite sibling, <laughs> torments her about it, and is just plain mean. Susan's not having any of her foolishness. She has no imagination. And Peter's trying to find some sort of happy medium
3: you know what edmund turns out to be a hero in the future book so yeah maybe maybe
1: i do like edmund to a turnabout in this one too it just takes a while to get to it uh, i would
0: i mean i would say he is the linus moment later in the film sure for sure so i mean he, he is redeemable at this point there's nothing redeemable about him as a character though
3: no Which, he's the awful child yeah he is He's a child, everyone, with a lot of siblings, and I don't have a lot. I only have the one. But I know a lot of friends. I mean, Annalisa will never listen to this, so yes, she was the Edmund growing up. So was my sister. I was a combination of Lucy, Peter, and Susan.
4: But wait, he had a redeemable quality in the very beginning because he gets the pictures of his dad.
3: Yes, during the air raid. He
0: runs back into the house he had Peter almost die swinging. So mm, yes. Dad. <laughs> yes. He risks his brother's life so that he can have something.
4: <laughs> okay. Maybe not so it. redeemable. <laughs>
0: that's that's what that's what happens in the off takes too. I decide to take what people say and make them feel bad about it. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um,
3: somebody else I feel like I'm talking a lot. Somebody else want to talk? Yeah. So none of the siblings believe Lucy, right? And Lucy mm. is adamant. And they even check the wardrobe and the wardrobe doesn't lead to a magical land anymore. Mm-mm. It has a back and everything. So they disbelieve her. And Lucy becomes almost oh. up. Yep.
0: We forgot one thing that I want to point out is the goof. And that's that they change Lucy's clothes while they play hide and seek.
1: Oh, really? Do they? Oh, do they?
0: Her dress goes from purple to brown during oh. hide and seek.
3: So, Lucy almost becomes obsessed with the wardrobe, and one night she sneaks in and returns to Narnia, but this time, Edmund follows her. But instead of following her to Mr. Tumnus' house, we finally meet the White Witch, played brilliantly, as mm-hmm. Tom mentioned by Tilda Swinton. Again, her presence alone, she doesn't even have to open her mouth, is terrifying. Uh-huh. Like she is a she's a chameleon. She yeah. really is. Like eight Harry Potter movies. She's scarier than Voldemort or Bellatrix or anything that appeared in those movies. Um it's that cold rage that she it's has. It's a that, cold
0: that rage. Nobody can and she's feeding she the way she wins Edmund over is with Turkish Delight. Mm-hmm. We've all had Turkish delight, right?
4: Mm-hmm. No. I Which, by the way,
0: o- I am not turning over any of my family for Turkish delight. <laughs> You're not going to bribe me with. Turkish
3: you mother. like Turkish delight?
4: What's in it? Like cherries? Oh, it's like, gelatin.
0: like it's like dead animal gelatin. <laughs> Even like... the Brits don't like
3: Turkish delight.
2: Let's. I lived here. over
3: there for four years. I don't know if it's I. Ever something worth that. trying if you have.
1: It's like a chewy, it's like a almost marshmallowy texture, chewy candy that's coated in powdered sugar. I mean, oh. what's not to
0: like about but that? Take all the deliciousness of the marshmallow away, away and put that's a very unflavorful filling and non-sweet sugar around the outside, and you're set.
1: I thought it was like you haven't had, you haven't had good turkey
0: delight. Apparently not. I've only had it at like
1: turkish festivals i've had really good turkish delivery. i think don't I think they I've put been... pistachios on some of them oh
3: some don't of, they maybe. roll
1: some in like nuts and...
3: i have a story about pistachios so our office gives out free snacks you know they order snacks ever anyone could just grab a pretzel day them. y'all have pretzel day <laughs> <laughs> anyway we order pistachios Anyway, my coworker and I were talking. She was eating pistachios. I hate pistachios. She bites into one. It's a weird taste. She takes it away. A bug is inside. No! The, yeah, yeah. So we ended up throwing out all the pistachios we ordered. It's
1: in the shell.
3: It's in the shell.
1: Oh, that's horrifying. A little bit. That's nasty. I like the pre-shelled ones because they're easier to eat. I Hi, don't Mary. Like the
0: pre-shelled ones because they're more they're easier to eat you
3: can just go to town on pre-shelter yeah exactly actually that ha- that makes sense brought up a question christmas question for you guys do you guys eat chestnuts or not
1: yeah no
3: me either. not a fan not a fan me, at all me either but a lot of people here are like on the corners of new york city they sell them at the hot dog stands like the hmm.
2: they
3: but they always smell think- so good
0: do you think that they sell them at the hot dog stand because people like them or because it's Christmas time and they've got that whole... It's you know, Christmas They can sell in New chestnuts
1: roasting on yeah. an open fire. Chestnuts roasting Yeah, on It's like the full experience, fire. I feel like. I'm
3: going to say it's because people like them. Because if I don't say that, then that argument will be used against me when I defend a Christmas story that TBS shows it because people like it and not just because it's Christmas and people <laughs> just grow. So <laughs> I'm going to say people like
0: it. You should set up. You should set up shop right next to them, dressed as Jack Frost, and bite people on the nose.
3: You <laughs> so give them you the know what? Full experience. I guarantee you, that's not the weirdest thing anyone in New York would ever see in their day or experience in their day. So maybe I will do. Nope. Nope. No, no. Just not the uh, Martin Short version. I am. Mm-hmm. So I think. Wait. Christmas- we didn't even discuss it, and we have to bring it up now. Bernard is coming back for the Santa Claus. How exciting is that? David Krumholtz. Yeah, the uh, I read Tim Allen's tweet. They were trying to make that a
0: surprise, mm-hmm. and it got leaked.
3: If it was a surprise, and I was watching that show, and he showed up, I would have legitimately like had a. You would have cheered and yelled,
0: I, and yeah, been really excited. I know, <laughs> me too. I feel, I feel robbed
3: by them leaking that out. I wish it had mm. been. Like they said, like I was reading about it, they specifically did not put him in that promo image because they wanted it to be a surprise because mm. people like him so much.
4: How old is he now?
3: I don't know, but I saw like them putting 62. the wig. I they, I saw them putting the makeup and wig on him. He looks old in that wig. Like, they better de-age him for that show.
4: Interesting.
3: Mm. <laughs> anyway, not to get too dark. So the witch... <laughs> the, the, the witch promises Edmund all the Turkish delay you could ever dream of if he brings his siblings to her castle. Why? Because she, they are the, the true prophecy. The prophecy. Yes, the prophecy. king the and queens sons of, of
0: Narnia. The sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve are to rule Narnia and they are to bring her down. Yeah. So that's, apparently she's not human. She's just humanoid.
3: So after she
0: she's leaves... Only one- She's the only one in
3: Narnia who looks human. Mm -hmm. After she leaves, Lucy comes back and it's like, Edmund, you followed me. But when they go back home, Edmund lies and says, Narnia, that's all bull crap." It really grated on me.
0: Me too. We were just pretending. It was just all pretend. I don't know what she's talking
3: about. (laughs) Julia, you have four kids. Which one is Edmund? They won't listen to (laughs) this. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't think I have an Edmund if it's I did true. it would be Gabe
3: it's I was about to say it's cute H- no it's it? Hannah
0: <laughs> it's Hannah 100% <laughs> Hannah <laughs> um, so they go back
3: yeah so Edmund, the next day a liar Yep. Yeah. and the next day they break a window playing what cricket mm. yep, They yep. all go through the window and Mrs. McGrady the housekeeper is like furious and Mm they just they decide to hide from her so they all hide in the wardrobe and this time it lets them all into narnia yep and peter good old peter berates edmund for calling lucy a liar you know they're all hard on edmund so i can understand edmund being a little disgruntled and just Mm -hmm. you know
2: but
1: (sighs) they immediately apologize to her for thinking the, yeah. she was making it up, and then berate Edmund. Yeah. So it's not like they're yeah. like you know, on sitting on their high horses. Like no, but this they're when... they're
3: being no, they're being jerks to Edmund though. So I can understand him being like yeah. as of like one of the middle children being like, oh, s- screw you guys! I'm going to hand you over to the witch.
0: <sighs> He's already extreme. selling them out. He's getting Turkish delight. He's getting you know one of the world's worst candies.
3: <laughs> Julia. At the end of the day, if a witch comes to us and says, "Bring us Tom," and we can monetize the podcast, and you two will be rich, we're going to hand over Tom.
0: (laughs) In all honesty, Anthony, if the witch comes to you and says she'll give you all the Turkish delight you want for turning me in, (laughs) you're still going to turn me in and just take no Turkish delight. (laughs) Um, I'm shopping for Turkish delight while we're doing this, just so you know, because I got to see what Julia's talking about about good Turkish delight. Um,
2: like it. So and this is one of the
0: scenes where I really like Susan her her character come, comes across in a very in a positive way. The thing that okay so the thing I like so much about Peter and Susan is you see that these kids are in a in wartime and the actors are able to convey the fact that they've grown up way more than they should have
2: mm-hmm. and they've
0: taken on these paternal and maternal roles for their younger siblings. And they do it in such this scene shows them doing it in such a positive way where they're showing Lucy, you know, love and apology and they're trying to I don't think they'll be rating. I think they're trying to correct Edmund's
3: terrible nature.
1: They're very parental. They mm-hmm. are all oh, these times. With
3: which kids don't like when their older siblings act parental?
1: No, at but least they're from also what I... a product of the situation. They can't well, help no. it
3: because. No, no, yeah. I, get, I get that. I, yeah. I totally get that. But at that age, you're not really thinking about that. Oh,
1: yeah, no kids enjoy that.
3: Um, So Lucy wants to take them all to meet Mr. Tumnus and, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, what do they find when they get to Tumnus's house, Natalie?
4: It's destroyed, basically. And there's like a flashback scene, I thought, because they show a broken picture of Mr. Tumnus's father, which looked very similar to the opening scene with Edmund holding the broken photo. Oh,
2: that's a good good observation. observation, yeah.
3: Um, and this is where they meet Mr. Beaver right yes and I, yep. I love Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Beaver remind me they're the Mr. and Mrs. Weasley of this movie right just,
1: yeah that's right Exactly. that's who they
3: remind me of 100% who they remind me of and Mr. Beaver brings him back to the dam to meet Mrs. Beaver who is like a little She's a darling. Like she loves her. She <laughs> dotes on her husband so much. It's so cute. Yeah. their little relationship. And they explain that, you know, oh, the witch took Tumnus, and that the plan is Aslan is going to return, and regain control of Narnia, and drive out the witch because there's a prophecy. You guys are the sons of Adam, daughters of Eve, and the witch's reign is going to end. And we're going to bring you off to meet. To join the rebellion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's during this visit, Edmund escapes to visit mm-hmm. the witch. And she is not too happy that yeah. she, he came to her castle without Alone. the siblings. Yep, Especially because this kid has the audacity to ask for more Turkish delight. <laughs> and if I was this kid... I don't, the balls on this kid, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so she essentially takes him prisoner at this point and uh-huh. sends her wolves to find the children. Um, Interesting fact about the wolves?
0: They were real. They're, most of them are real with very little CGI.
3: They had to ah. CGI the tails off tails because away. they were wagging. So, like, if they he had he got them playing. Well. <laughs> so they Aww. yes so they had to make them look meaner
2: <laughs> oh I kind of um, love
1: that
0: <laughs> but the talking wolf was not they didn't have a real talking wolf he was oh, okay. CGI
1: good to know so um, yes question and it kind of goes into the battle scene at the end but I'll ask it now who got to decide and was there reasoning behind what animals are in trans- are like good by nature right and which ones mm-hmm. are not because you don't see many species crossing the line on who they're fighting for, right? Like we've got leopards and cheetah, or we've got cheetahs and they've got white tigers. So, what makes a white tiger eagle, evil, and what makes a cheetah
3: not evil? I, you know as, I, mean? I, I assume it was just for the ease of filmmaking for the audience. Like if we have white tigers on both sides, it's going to be confusing during the battle.
1: Right. So is that like I I like don't think there was in so, the text. I guess no. No, because some of those choices were curious to me.
3: Yeah, I think it was just an ease of viewing. Like you know, let's just keep it easy. Yep.
1: Winter white.
3: Yep.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Hot. Which goes,
3: which goes, which
0: typically goes against the idea that light, white, good, Mm -hmm. dark, shadow, evil.
3: Yeah. Um. But when the witch has Edmund, he meets Mister Tumnus who she mm-hmm. turns into stone. Yeah, she has a whole stone garden of her enemies. She just turns them to stone with her magic. Mm-hmm.
1: But Temnus um, gives them sort of the inside track that she's not great. Yep. Like she's a problem effectively.
0: So I'm thinking so, about the animals. Most of, sorry, I'm going back to this. Most of them I think go with our typical perceptions. The hyenas are bad, the unicorn is good, the beavers are good. The bulls and centaurs are bad, but I'm with you. I'm trying to figure out where those like leopards, how they figure those out or the fox. Like, why is the fox a good guy? He's foxes are typically associated as bad.
1: Right. I love the fox. Yeah,
0: I did too. He was Was
3: fantastic. Everett. Yes, it was. But I love that. He he says something. She's like, you talk to your queen that way. Like, but he refers to the, your Majesty, and he's like, "I'm so, uh, no offense, but I wasn't talking to you." And he's looking at Edmund. Mm. I loved that moment.
0: Yeah, that was a brave. That was like That's a great. really strong brave moment.
3: Yep. Yep. But the wolves come for the beavers and the children, and they escape the dam into this. I love it. It's a rapid river, and. So this was back when this movie came out. I we was still buying DVDs instead of buying them digital. They had all the special effects. And it was so cool mm. how they did this. Just like on mm. the ice block. And then like a wave machine making the ice like push them. It was so cool. But That's um, cool. they escaped the wolves. You think for a moment Mr. Beaver might have drowned. But he's okay. Mm. And uh, it's not long after this. We get our little tiny bit of Christmas in this movie. Father Christmas, Father Christmas. Julia, what happens here?
1: Um, Okay, so there, it's actually before they hit the ice shield with the big action sequence. So um, the beavers and the kids are, three kids are running away. Um, As they're crossing the ice, they hear sleigh bells and snapshot um, to a previous scene. We know that the white witch is in her sleigh. With Edmund, Um, she it was a sleigh, so you assume it's the sleigh bells you're hearing. Um, Kids are running across the ice to try and get away. They tuck up under a little like berm, whatever you call it, um, in the forest to try and hide from the White Witch. And you see, it's a great scene. You see this shadow cast on the snow, and. You think the White Witch has found them, but in fact, it is not the White Witch. It's another very fun fellow in a sleigh with sleigh bells. It's Father Christmas. Uh, played by the guy from Braveheart. <laughs> and I'm clarifying let's re- that because I'm like, man, yeah, he's familiar.
3: And let's remember what Mr. Tumnus told Lucy during her first t- visit to Narnia.
1: Under this years is a ter- cold and no Christmas.
3: And no Christmas. Mm-hmm, but the fact right. that all four kids have
1: returned. Guess who shows up? Santa winter, shows
3: up because right. winter is essentially going on. The seasons are right. going back into effect and it's now Christmas. That's right.
1: So he, as he do, gives gifts to the kids. Um, so he gives a uh, bow, uh, bow and arrows to Susan. Susan? The actual, Susan yep. Name? Okay. And then he gives a sword um, to... Peter.
0: Peter Peter, and the sword God, says on it that when it's from the book it's when what is it when a- when Aslan shaves like when Aslan wait sh- shakes his mane spring will return
2: mm. yep
1: and yeah it's like the like these implements are important to the prophecy as well which oh, a little bit later um and then he gives Lucy our sweet little Lucy um this potion effectively it, it's a, a cord
3: it's a cordial, of cordial. Potion that will yep. heal anyone it's a cordial of potion
1: that's right so he doesn't give edmund anything because edmund's not there at this moment edmund's not there edmund is essentially
3: he- a slave of the witch she, she's like tied up the dwarf <laughs> is whipping him like it's not a good look for edmund
1: yeah like he's no no more Turkish delight that's for sure so, he speaks some word of encouragement to the kids.
2: Um,
1: you know, mentions how the seasons are coming back and and they're bringing hope to the land and, you know, you got a job to do. So, use these amazing weapons I just gave you to do your job effectively and save Narnia. So, they start trekking out on, because the wild, the White Witch is close by.
0: And in this scene, we see Peter embracing his wicked sword skills that he didn't know he had. <laughs>
3: Yeah, by sticking it in the ice. Really uh, wicked skills.
0: Yeah, he's so talented. No, but you, but usually in movies, like what would happen now is he would magically know how to use it and fight off all the wolves, right? Like yeah. that's what we would yeah. expect to see. But uh, he pulls a Josh Hawley and bravely <laughs> runs away. <laughs> <laughs> um, breaks off the ice and they part <laughs> from the wolves and um, all go away to, to safety. They arrive at Aslan's camp, right? Which is magnificent, and it is full on spring.
3: Full on spring now. Tons of animals, centaurs, a bunch of other magical creatures. Flags. It looks like a medieval times uh, or or a uh, renaissance fair, right? And this is where we meet Aslan. And Aslan, because we don't know what he was prior to this, he turns out to be a big old majestic lion. I mean, huge lion. Huge. And again, I mentioned this earlier, Liam Neeson's voice just fits it so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And he's intimidating. People are also intimidated, are so intimidated by him, but they're also he gives off this air of warmth. They're in awe of him. They're warmed by him. And uh,
0: he, he... he runs with the kid. I mean, like the way he treats the kids, it's yep. it's not the way you would expect a king to treat his subjects.
3: Oh my god! Right. But the deep, the deep booming voice, "Hello, Peter of so and so." Yeah, like, <laughs> um, and he promises to rescue Edmund, and he does. and he's going to do that because he has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my gosh
3: he sends people to rescue Edmund right from the witch and I love it because the white witch and her people show up to camp and they're like no Edmund's ours and what happens here Aslan and the white witch go off to talk privately and we don't know it yet but Aslan makes a deal let Edmund go and I will you know I'll go with you. You can kill me. Take his Mm -hmm. place. I'll take his place. And This is an
0: atonement philosophy, or uh, uh, an atonement theory from Christianity that
3: Christ stood in to take the place of humanity. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that night, Lucy and Susan see him walking off, and he's like, you guys can follow me for a bit, but then you have to go.
0: Which they and do they, they listen to
3: him And they don't know What happens right <laughs> <laughs> They they watch And it's an Honestly I know it's a CGI lion But it's an awful
1: mm-hmm. Uncomfortable it's, scene To watch Yeah It is very hard to watch It's so very, hard very to watch hard. What happens Julia um, I mean it's 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 the crucifixion scene but done with a different context i mean effectively right so they march him up there and they're jeering at him and um and then they beat him up they shave his mane so they take his pride and um and then just with glee and joyfulness she kills him with a knife and why the girls watch from afar and it's awful
0: he is he's constrained he's tied up he like you said he's been shamed by being having his mane cut off and she just she does she just with i don't know just so much malice stabs him on this stone tablet stone table
4: doesn't she ask for silence like right before
0: yes
3: yeah Mm -hmm. good
0: point she wants everybody to see and hear
3: what happens to aslan here Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and it just goes hard to watch
3: it's so hard. No matter how many times you see this movie, like it's not easy. But credit to Tilda Swinton again for her acting oh, abilities, because yeah. mm-hmm. she is in a scene essentially with ninety-five percent CGI creatures. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, stabbing nothing. She plays it straight, <laughs> complete, completely straight, and it's effective and it's scary and yeah. And um, they party for a while and then they all leave. They part for a yep. while and then she sends her army essentially to take out Aslan's rebellion. Camp. As- yep. Yeah. Um, and Lucy, uh, what happens? Lucy and Susan.
0: They go to the. T- they go looking for Aslan's body.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: And, and they're sad. And, but he's <laughs> resurrected, citing magic beyond the witch's understanding
0: she yeah. did not understand what magic was in the in the trade that he made and the place where he was executed
3: yep um uh, so aslan lets them both ride him to
1: <laughs> i feel like there's a better way uh, there's not play. an appropriate
0: time to laugh at that there's yeah no, well, this is well, not, like, something yeah. appropriate like, to laugh at all Andrew. god just came
4: back to life and you're laughing <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: they he allows them to, to, to he allows them to sit on his back and he runs magnificently. There magnificently have, like, like a lion into battle.
3: When, he, when, when they crest that hill. No, no, you're you're forgetting. They go first to the castle. Oh, right, yes. right, right, right. So, oh, yeah. And he Aslan breathes on them. Breathes yep. on all the stone statues of the petrified. Uh, prisoners, the witch I take in, like the fox and everything like that. And he brings and them Tumnus. essentially back to life. Mr. Tumnus, yes. everyone. And he gets reunited with Mr. Tumnus and forgives him. And to your point, yeah. he leads them to the battle where the witch's army and Aslan's army are already <laughs> fighting. And when Aslan crests that hill, to your point, Tom, and lets out that roar. Roar? Yeah. That is perfection. That is cinematic perfection.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Because this is after the witch has already mortally wounded Edmund in battle. She's about to take out Peter, and uh, he comes and... They don't show what he does. He pounces on her. Mm -hmm. You get a reaction shot from her, then a roar from him, and Mm -hmm. you don't see what happens, but... (laughs) no he it, it cuts
0: away but you know he is eating her face
4: yes <laughs> i appreciate though that throughout this movie in all the war scenes like you don't see any animal blood like no. there's no yeah. none of that i appreciate that's true that. even
0: edmund's blood is even edmund's injury yeah. is minimized visually yeah so mm-hmm. they so play one on thing- context and oh mm-hmm. they, they they play up the context they use edmund's acting ability peter's reaction to show what happened to edmund more so than blood squirting everywhere mm-hmm. as we would see in some in, in a in a guillermo del toro or or uh, well, what's his face
3: tarantino film so one thing i did want to mention that i forgot to mention my history why i have such a fond place for the spot for this movie in my heart as well so when my grandfather was dying of cancer he was staying at my parents house and um he you know he didn't like harry potter he didn't like fantasy a lot he you know he's this older italian guy he liked his mob movies and you know his old westerns and stuff like that but it was like around christmas which is gonna go against my argument for this not being a christmas movie later on and, uh, i was uh sitting in the living room watching this and he came into the living room and sat down and normally he'd sit down for like five, 10 minutes when I'm watching whatever, what he would call crap on TV. <laughs> and then he'd get up and, you know, go into the other room. But he was like enthralled by this movie. He loved this movie. He was enthralled by it. And Aww. the arm, yeah, so. The okay. army scene reminds me of that because I just remember looking over at him and uh, wrapped with In attention. It. Yeah. I love it. So Aslan... Yeah, it, it really and the music the it's so epic.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, but this is this
0: is coming on the hill on the heels of Lord of the Rings Braveheart had really set a stage for what we expect from an epic battle scene, and it does live up to, to its predecessors, right? I mean it yeah. is amazing.
3: Yep, so Aslan eats the witch the witch's face to use tom's words um and edmund's dying but lucy still has her gift from father christmas and she uses it to heal him and then i love it because she starts running around the battlefield
2: healing all yes of the wounded so cute animals uh, yeah and soldiers. Yes. Yep. i love that too it So, we're, so seeing, we're
0: seeing in this we're seeing their different leadership attributes right yeah peter is leading the charge he is brave fierce um susan is being very supportive she's she's standing she's a little further back but she's there with her arrow fighting and then lucy's healing and edmund's you know weak dying little baby
4: um, he tried to <laughs> save peter yeah thank already you already got I'm peter kidding. i'm
0: kidding <laughs> no he did we see his redemptive arc and family is important now and yes. he
3: sees he's concerned with something besides terrible candy yes and this is where after you know we cut to the castle and the four thrones and aslan crowns Mm. the four of them peter the Magn, king peter the magnificent queen susan the gentle king edmund the just and queen lucy the valiant yep and then seriously i
0: gotta just complain like the context of this turkish delight this would be like if they made this modern in america (laughs) And she's giving him circus peanuts or candy corn. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not good stuff.
4: Hey, if we're backing up to that, then I want to back up to something else too. Do um okay. Whenever Edmund and I think it was Peter were like practicing riding the horses, mm-hmm. and Edmund goes, Whoa, horsey, and the horse was like, Um, my name is Philip. That, that was one of my favorite This
2: That's so funny. <laughs>
3: I love that. Yeah, no, oh, good call on that. <laughs> that is a, definitely worth noticing. <laughs> <laughs> um but then time passes, and I don't know if they specifically say in the movie, but in the book it's 15 years, and the children are now adults and they're riding through the forest on their horses, including Philip. So good call back. Did you notice that it was Philip? Oh yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So
1: are they hunting a stag? Yes. Is it curious to you that they're hunter <laughs> hunting a creature that probably yes. will talk to them?
3: A I being? was confused.
1: Yes, that was curious to me a little bit.
3: Um. <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> they're bringing the most dangerous game to life, right here. Yeah.
1: Right. Like, thanks a lot, humans. Now we have hunting.
3: Which, by the Appreciate way, that's it. one. Of, that's one of my favorite short stories. By the way. Um.
1: Oh, the, the most
2: dangerous game. The most game. dangerous
3: game, yeah. Yeah, it's an excellent short story. Um, and they're riding in the woods and they encounter the lamppost, which they have vague memories of. of yep. Um, because they don't remember their life before Narnia. So they walk past the lamppost and they stumble out of the wardrobe, and no time has passed at all. They're children still. And. It's the same, like Mrs. McCready still looking for them in the house. They had just hidden, and um, they hear footsteps. The door opens, and we see Professor Kirk come in with the cricket ball, asking what happened, why they were in the wardrobe. And they essentially say, "You'll never believe us." And he throws the ball to them, and he says, "Try me." And then we it's get like the this
2: co-
1: sweet little precious look on his face, and this little glint yeah, in his eye. It's so wonderful. <laughs> it's it wonderful.
3: Really is. And then if you watch through the credits, which it is perfect. Did you, did you guys watch the credits?
1: I did not. What happens?
3: There is a mid credit scene, like a Marvel oh, movie.
1: dang it.
3: Where Lucy attempts to use the wardrobe again, but it's, you know, closed, essentially, you know? It won't let her in. And Professor Kirk comes in and tells her he's tried many times over the years, but you know what? They'll probably return to Narnia one day when they least expect it. Which is a thing in the books, right? They never know when they're going to return. It's like they get sucked in when Narnia needs them. So,
1: okay, how much would that totally stink to then have to relive 15 years to get back to where you thought you just right? Were... Yeah, like well, the especially worst. Especially with, and it's war. Oh, guess what? Oh, but, yeah, the war is still where it was when you left. But at the same time, it's
3: like this. Is, it's like when I watch the original Jumanji, right, with Robin Williams. Yeah. They grew yeah. up how many years and then they have to go back to teenage years but after living 20 years like nothing's gonna bother you like somebody tries to bully you in high school like you still have that whatever yeah yeah, this doesn't matter i'm like a (laughs) freaking king in like a fantasy land like (laughs) screw you you
1: can't tell anybody (laughs) it'd be lonely
3: be really lonely no but i agree like that sucks yeah yeah and you were
0: you were kings and queens and everybody bowed to your every whim and now you're suddenly back <laughs>
3: and now you're like you're failing head. algebra like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they totally forgot about their poor mother. Yeah, you know, know. yeah. When they go back in the wardrobe after that, I assume this is in the book, which I'm not familiar with. Um, other books, which I'm not familiar with. If they go back in there and it opens back up, how old are they? Original age? Does that reset?
3: No they're, they, they're, no, they're are still no. kids. Yep.
0: They're,
1: they're not the adultish age
0: when they come back and when they come back in Prince Caspian, they're they're their real they're world age again. again.
1: Yep. When they go so through for, to Narnia, yeah, huh? they're but, kid age again. Okay.
2: Yeah, yes.
3: but Narnia has obviously still gone on, and the right. they, the kings and queens have been missing. Oh, that's so, a story so. point. Okay. Yep.
2: Gotcha. Interesting.
3: Oh man. So there is clearly a Linus moment in this, right? It's Edmund's oh, yeah. change of heart.
1: Yep, absolutely.
3: Do y'all know it's on really a Christmas origi-
1: movie then. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know
3: who
0: originally read for Aslan? No. Morgan Freeman? Who? Gerard Butler. Uh, oh. No. But he did not like the TV puppet version, the BBC TV series that C.S. Lewis also hated. He did not like that version of Aslan and I guess was... Uh,
1: turned off by that interesting
0: the other women who were considered for Tilda Swinton's role were Kate Winslet Michelle Pfeiffer and Nicole Kidman
1: no 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 even though I love Kate Winslet so much I would marry her
2: I
0: uh... they when they were casting the kids like we talk about how good these kids are and I have never heard of a movie doing this before they read they watched over 2,500 audition tapes met with 1,800 children and workshopped with 400 of them before picking the final four
2: Wow.
0: They put a lot of
1: work into finding those kids. You can tell.
3: Yep. I mean, they have good chemistry. I bought that they were siblings watching Mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Three of the four of them went on to study at Oxford. Yeah, I I saw that. Do you have quotes? Because I have quotes. Well, I have one
0: more bit of interesting tidbit that I liked. What They wanted to use live reindeer for the White Witch's sleigh, but they were filming in New Zealand and New Zealand... Um, Department of Wildlife or whatever refused to let them come in because they were afraid of a of a fever Q fever that was going around the uh, oh. North American reindeer, but they did allow them to bring in American wolves.
2: They got no fever. Not
0: <laughs> the fever.
3: quotes, so oh, yeah. and one is where Peter says to Aslan, Aslan, I'm not who you think I am at all, and Aslan says, Peter. Pevensey, formerly a Finchley. Mr. Beaver also mentioned that you planned on turning him into a hat. And that made <laughs> that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Because he's God. He knows all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, natalie took my favorite quote.
2: Mm, sorry. On. No, that <laughs> okay. the was a good callback.
4: No. <laughs> you you earned
0: it. You you that is your quote.
4: I have another one. Ooh, yeah. it? um, it's whenever the kids show up to the war zone to meet Aslan and all the creatures are looking at them and Susan asks why they're all staring and Lucy says maybe they think you look funny
2: <laughs> yeah
3: I love that I love during the battle scene where Peter is fighting the witch and this is kind of Edmund where Edmund decides to be the hero Mr. Beaver's like Peter said, "Get out of here." And Edmund's like, "Well, Peter's not king yet." And then he oh, runs yeah. into battle.
2: Yeah, I like that too.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, everything the witch said, she had my rapt attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked. I just liked the how big
0: of a production it was when, um, when Aslan was naming the children. When he said to the glistening eastern sea, "I give you Queen Lucy the Vali- valiant." to the great western woods king edmund the just to the radiant southern sun queen susan the gentle and to the clear northern skies i give you king peter the magnificent once a king or queen of narnia always a king or queen of narnia may your yeah. wisdom grace us in the stars uh, until the stars rain down from the heavens and there was a t- there was a line in there somewhere too where he told them that you know don't try to come back to narnia the same way twice
3: basically like don't take the same mm. path you won't get here Hmm. Which again, that's carries over in the books, right? They never get through to the wardrobe again. Yep. Um, I have a few more. So I love when Mister Tumness is talking about Aslan, and he says he's not a tame lion. At least he says no, but he is good. Hmm. I loved that.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
3: I liked how
0: Tumness, you know, there's always when there when there are these differing worlds, there's always this this comedy between of misunderstanding. And so when Lucy says she's from Spare Room, he's like, "Ooh, you're from Spare oom, like thinking that's
2: another
3: land. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Mister Mister Beaver is telling the kids the prophecy, and he's like, "When Adam's flesh and Adam's bones, it's at Care paravel enthroned, the evil time will be over and done." And Susan's like, "You know that doesn't really rhyme." <laughs> and I um, love when Edmund. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> Nope, go right in. When Edmund goes to the witch after saying he'd bring back his siblings and he shows up alone, she's like, Tell me, Edmund, are your sisters deaf? And he's like, No. And your brother, is he unintelligent? And he's like, Well, I think so. But mom says, and then she <laughs> slaps him, and he's like, How dare you come <laughs> alone? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I liked when Aslan, like we keep going back to this deep magic, when she, when the White Witch quoted the deep magic to Aslan. Don't cite the deep magic to me, Witch. I was there when it was written. Mm. And then, so we we learned that there's this this deep magic is somehow connected. But after Aslan raises, he tells Susan and Lucy, if the Witch knew had known the true meaning of sacrifice, she would have interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim has committed no treachery. Is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack and even death itself would be turned backwards.
3: Hmm. I love that. I love it. Yep. Yeah. I love when the wolves are trying to get into the dam and they're trying to flee and Mrs. Beaver is packing all of the food. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and Peter's like, what's she doing? And Mrs. Beaver, Beaver's like, oh, you'll be thanking me later, dear. It's a long journey. And Beaver gets pretty cranky when he's hungry. And, and Mr. Beaver's like, I'm cranky now.
0: <laughs> and then
3: Everything oh, i went, like so much Every-
0: go on tom i was gonna say everything i like so much goes back to aslan when the white witch i don't know the exact line i should have looked it up but um, i'm trying to keep our title of the as the least prepared podcast (laughs) she says she says basically how do i know you're not going to betray me or how do i know i can trust you you know that you're gonna let me kill you basically and aslan doesn't answer he just roars Mm -hmm. and her reaction oh
3: it was good I love when they're being chased by the wolves, and this is where the water is cracking, and they're about to be flooded there for a minute. And Lucy's like, "Don't beavers make dams?" And Mr. Beaver's like, "Well, I'm not that fast, dude." <laughs> 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 so, oh man!
0: Anthony says it's not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas I, movie. I can give you that, but it feels Christmassy enough that I would still watch this at Christmas time. I couldn't, or or not Christmas time.
3: I mean I would not.
0: I can't really I can't really think of it. It's like Harry Potter. I can't think of a time where I wouldn't put it on and be happy.
3: Well no. I agree. But it's like Harry Potter and like I'm not going to turn it off at Christmas but I'm also not going to like put it in at Christmas. Mm. What do you think Natalie?
4: There's a lot of Christmassy elements. Um, I originally thought because I hadn't read the book that the wardrobe like Narnia appeared whenever you believed in it. So I thought that was kind of Christmassy but that's not how it works um also i feel like santa is normally like the ultimate hero in movies but i feel like both him and aslan played almost an equal role aslan probably a little bit more um but it was close
0: i'm gonna agree with you there about santa's role that lucy wouldn't have had her cordial form for for santa right right for father christmas
3: and peter wouldn't have have had his sword sword.
4: yeah
0: and susan would not have had those arrows that she needed
4: true right Right. which
0: looked that bow looked amazing when she was mm-hmm. again that scene cresting the hill is just beautiful
4: also you have the jesus story but you don't really have the birth story so it's yep. not really christmasy there either
3: right yeah it was more like easter <laughs> <laughs> true it turned say- into
4: spring yeah yes. oh, yeah
1: what would you say julia uh, not Christmas, but I mean, I could enjoy the Christmas time, but it's not my canon. It's not a Christmas movie. So
3: Julius hair, part of the episode is now where we rank the movie and I already have my score. So I'll go, I'm going to give this, if I was just grading this as a movie alone, I would give it a full blown 10, Yep. but taking into account the Christmas stuff, I'm going to give it I gave Batman Returns and all those other non-Christmas movies I love. I'm going to give it a six. I'm
1: also a six. I'm going to
0: come in at an eight because it's way better than Batman Returns and it's still more Christmassy and the connection back to the entire um, messianic story is enough for me to only deduct two points.
3: What about you, Natalie?
4: I gave it an 8.8.
0: Ooh. I really okay, since, yes. Since your score can't go to towards it, and I was actually going to come at, it at a nine, but thought I'd hear too much about it, I'm going to go with an eight point eight as well.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> so
0: you have an, so your score officially makes the uh, makes the makes the cut.
4: That's great.
3: So this puts at number thirty six on the list, just under Eloise at Christmas time, and just above the Nativity Story with six point nine three. It's such a good movie. If you haven't mm. watched it, please do. Please do. And Julia, if you're going to watch the other two, I will say don't have as high expectations because they don't reach, at least for me, they don't reach the level of this one.
1: Yeah, it'd be hard to match this one, honestly, even with super high production value on the following ones. I'm curious to see what listeners think of this
3: one, though. Where can they do that? Linktree.com
0: slash podcast. Tell us what you think on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group, or you can join us on Patreon and get wicked cool things like some new stickers coming up. You'll get a Christmas card from us at Christmas. You can pick an episode, pick a movie and tell us what you want us to watch and join us as a co-host for that episode. It's all available to you for just a dollar a month, or you can just hear some really great bonus content.
3: Including, Julia, are we and you recording this week?
0: Yes,
3: we are.
0: Don't rule me out yet.
3: <laughs> what What are we recording, Julia?
1: Well, we felt like since we covered a poor representation of a multiverse movie with the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we should cover an excellent representation of a multiverse movie, and we should watch um, what's the name of it every time
3: everything everywhere all at
1: once that's it you For can't blame Love me on that's a thunder. long That's a long title <laughs> everything everywhere all at once that's right which has been lauded as an excellent version of a multiverse movie so yes no christmas which is why it's on patreon it's gonna be fun
3: what's coming up in our main feed though
0: tom you know that's a good question <laughs> Godfather. Uh, I think it's a really good question. We've got some good stuff coming to you this year. A lot of really good quality content, um stuff you're going to really like, I'm sure. Things that are just going to blow you away with some <laughs> with some guests. Uh, the page is long cover, slow, isn't it? Next week we're going to cover the Godfather. Uh, a surprise, a movie. I was surprised to see the Christmas reference in. The following week, we are going back to television, and we are going to cover a few episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Then, for some reason, we've decided Black Christmas is a good option, and then we're going to wrap up uh, the last two episodes, Christmas episodes of Big Bang Theory.
3: Spoiler alert, this version of Black Christmas is my favorite of the three.
0: Based on what I've seen so far, that's not saying much. I'm just assuming it's going to have a lot of things that you wish were on your Instagram.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? Uh Anyway, Natalie, where can can listeners find you?
4: Um, I'm on all social media at Natmosphere and that's spelled N-A-T-M-O-S-F-E-A-R. And then the Christmas Clue is available almost anywhere you can buy books online. um, But the easiest is Amazon
0: hey natalie do you want to come on closer to christmas and do a reading of part of your book on our
4: yes i would love to do that
3: that'd be fun
4: that'd be great
3: that'd be awesome i think that'd be really fun just like it was really fun today to have you on it was so nice actually like meeting you and talking with you natalie you are awesome
4: oh thank you it was really fun
0: i enjoyed it a great deal and am now (laughs) following you on the socials and looking forward to hearing
3: you do a reading from your book
4: awesome thank you guys so much so no, no, so
3: thank you getting this peek behind the curtain would you guest again
4: would I oh yeah <laughs> I would definitely um a lot for more time in my head like I mean I had no plans <laughs> but I mean it is 11 30 <laughs> my time I just didn't realize how long it would go but it's fine
3: oh I'm so sorry no We're you're Randlers.
0: fine
4: it's
0: 11
1: <laughs>
3: my time too
0: in that case I would just like to say that we have three thousand five hundred and four hours until christmas
1: that's 146 days
3: that's 20 weeks
1: that's five more
4: months bye corner. that's great thanks
3: again natalie thank you natalie thanks guys bye
4: see ya